Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. Hello, and welcome to the Mom's Life Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Today, we're talking about our home environment and really simplifying your home so that it becomes this place of calm and not chaos. And we're going to talk about two main things that create either calm or chaos in our home. And number one is stuff. Number two is housework. So let's dive in. So stuff. All of the things that make up your your house, your home environment, when we have too much stuff, it directly contributes to chaos. Too much stuff in our house really gets to us mentally. We feel it. We think about it without even consciously knowing that it's on our mind. It becomes this, this uh, thing in the back of our mind that we know we need to go and do. Women who have cluttered homes actually have more stress levels. And that makes sense because as women, if you see clutter, there's no, uh, there's no emergency button that you can press that someone else is going to come pick it up. It either means work for you or asking the kids to do it, which we all know means work for you. And so clutter just becomes this added source of stress. So I want to start off by saying this. If you are, if it's gotten real bad, if you are just surrounded by so much clutter and you're buried deep and this feels like a really big problem, then get help on this. There's a couple of recommendations that I have. So Ali Casaza, who's been on the show before, she has a course and a book called Declutter Like a Mother that can help you to get started. Um, the other place to go in Mom's Life Made Simple, we actually spend some time on decluttering because this is one of the keys to really simplifying your life is getting rid of stuff. Um, but in short, if this is a big problem, get help. Figure out how to do it. Maybe that's as simple as having a friend come over and help you sort through some of your stuff. But the reason why is because you you don't even realize when you're living in it sometimes how much of an effect it's having on everything else. And so getting rid of some stuff and doing some decluttering is going to allow other things to happen in your life. It's actually going to change a lot of what's going on and a lot of the the problems and day-to-day stresses that you're having. And so it can be a good place to put some effort and some energy. Um, now, one of the things when we're talking about stuff that I want to open your, your eyes to today is the question of what if the idea of allowing yourself to create a new possibility. So sometimes it can be really hard to get rid of our stuff. I may have shared this before, but I know a woman who is probably, I don't know what size she is, but she is not a size 10. She is much bigger than a size 10 because she was a size 10, I don't know how many years ago, 20 years ago, maybe. 
I've been to her home and I've seen her closet. She has added an extra rack, an extra like additional clothes rack. So there were two. Now I think there's three or four in this huge walk-in closet so that she can have all her clothes organized by size, starting from size 10, going on up. Maybe she wears a size, we'll say 18. I don't know what size she wears. But here's my point. She doesn't wear a size 10. She hasn't worn a size 10 for many years. And she's still hanging on to the size 10 clothes. When she goes in her closet, she wears the size that she wears today. So she's not even getting into those other clothes. But I have to believe that somewhere in the back of her mind, that doesn't feel good to have that, those size 10s looking at her from her closet, mocking her, remembering, oh, remember when you used to wear us? Well, now you don't wear this size anymore. And that probably doesn't feel very good. And she's older and chances of, you know, getting back to that size 10 become harder, right? Maybe that's, maybe that's going to happen in the future. But if that were to happen, wouldn't it be nice to get a new wardrobe, not a 20 years ago wardrobe? So where am I going with this? What if? What if the clothes that you see when the cl- you walk in your closet or look in your closet, if it's not a giant walk-in, what if the clothes that you see were only clothes that you loved? What would that do? What would that feel like? What if you loved every single piece of clothing in your closet? Wouldn't that feel good? What if every single piece of clothing in your closet fit you? What if every piece of clothing in your closet you knew you were going to feel good in? Now, that is the kind of closet I have. When I started getting rid of stuff, that's where I started. I started with my closet. I went through some of these things that I had purchased because they were a good deal, or I had thought that I liked them, but they never quite fit right. And I just got rid of them. Now, when I go to get dressed, I only have clothes that I love in my closet. And if I wear something and I'm like, "Mm, I didn't really like the way I felt. I didn't really love that. And I'm wearing it in my closet. Maybe I'll give it a time or two because we all have those days. There are days that maybe I'm not going to feel really great in whatever I'm wearing. But if I've worn that particular piece of clothing a couple times and I don't feel good in it, I get rid of it. It just goes out. We get this attachment, right? But I spent money on it. Oh, I should keep it. Someone gave it to me. And yet it's there, not making our lives better, but making our lives worse. If that feels really hard for you, then here's my tip for that, which is sometimes I'm not sure about a certain item. And so I will pack it away and put it with whatever season. So I like to get out. Uh, I live in California, so there's not really big seasons, but still there's weather where you can wear sweaters and there's weather where you're never going to wear sweaters. So we have hotter and colder. And um, so I do have a box that I will pack away seasonally. If I have this piece of clothing that I'm just not sure about or just having a hard time getting rid of, I pack it away. Then I don't see it for several months. When I get it back out again, I know. I just know. Sometimes I have to try it on to know. 
but I know. And I don't have quite the same level of attachment because I haven't seen it for a long time. And it's not that big of a deal at that point to just get rid of it, to say, you know what, I didn't miss that piece of clothing at all. I don't want that anymore. And I can pass it along to the thrift store and give it to someone else who will hopefully love it. Okay, the other what if question to ask yourself, what if I wasn't picking up the same toys all day? What if you weren't doing that? What would that be like? Now, your kids should have toys. Give your kids toys. But how many toys do they need? What if you were picking up a reasonable amount of toys all day? What if you put some of your kids' toys up on a high shelf where they couldn't reach and you just kept some down that they really loved? What if the only toys available for your kids were toys that they really love playing with and that they know how to play with and that they can use their imagination with and get really creative with? I've already mentioned Ali Casaza. She's kind of my go-to for decluttering, but she tells a story of when she was a young mom and her house was cluttered and she was just frustrated and depressed and having a hard time. And she found herself surrounded by toys. And what helped her in that time was getting rid of the toys. And it really shifted things for her. Toys, we can find ourselves buried deep in toys and we do it out of love. It's out of good intentions. But what if we did something a little bit differently. What would that do for us? And beyond that, what would that do for our kids? Um, I'm a big believer in the idea of, there's a book called Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne that I recommend. It's really good. And one of the things he talks about is giving our kids fewer options. Having them have less toys is actually better for their mental, developmental health it, it lets them really go deep in their play. And so when we think we're doing something good by having so many toys for our kids, we are actually doing them a disservice. Another question you can ask along these lines with kids is, what if their rooms were easy to clean because they didn't have that much stuff? What would that be like, right? What if it just took them a short amount of time to tidy up their room because it wasn't overflowing with stuff? The last question I wanted to ask on this what if train of thought is what if I knew what was in the cupboard? After my mother-in-law passed away, we cleaned out my in-law's house. And one of the things that we found were they had lived in this house for 30 years, but layers of certain things. So hydrogen peroxide, I'm going to use as an example. I think I I personally came home with several bottles, and I think we had, there were between 10 and 20 bottles of hydrogen peroxide throughout the house. Well, I don't think that they needed that much hydrogen peroxide, but here's what I think happened. My mother-in-law went to the store, and she thought, oh, I need hydrogen peroxide. Do I have that? I might be running low. And she just bought it. And she didn't ever know what was in the back of all the cupboards throughout her house. And so she just kept buying things that she already had. So the question is, what if you knew what was in the back of every cupboard? What money would that save you from going out and buying a new thing? What if your cupboards, instead of being very full of stuff, were relatively 
simple and empty. What would that do? Well, you'd be able to find what you needed. You would know what you were out of and you would save money by not buying duplicates of the same thing, which can happen when you don't know what you have. So those are just a few areas that you can kind of ponder what if. What if your closet was different? What if the toys were different? What if the cupboards were different? What else comes to your mind? Is there another question that you can ask yourself, what if this was different? And kind of let yourself picture what that would be like to get rid of some clutter, get rid of some stuff in that area. All right, let's switch gears here and talk next about housework. So housework, simplifying and creating a home with a calm when it comes to housework really comes down to systems and habits. So I'm not talking here about a big cleanup project. I'm talking about the routines that keep it going. So if you're in a place where the house is a big mess, or I'll use my own as an example, the garage, the garage is a big mess. To get that garage clean, it's going to take a big all-out effort of a cleaning project. and Maybe that's where you're at in your life and it feels like every time needs a big clean out project. Well, this is the thing. We can do those big projects, but what keeps it going are routines and systems. We need those routines that keep it going. So this is going to sound really basic, but I want you to think about this for a second. What gets messy daily needs a daily system. What gets messy weekly needs a weekly system. What gets messy monthly needs a monthly system. What gets messy hourly needs an hourly system. I think that's a lot of times where we go wrong. We think, okay, well, the garage just gets messy once a year and we need to just do this big project and clean it out once a year. And again, this is speaking from personal experience because that's what we do. We do not have a good system for our garage. Stuff gets thrown in there and then we have to do a big clean out project. What if we had a system there? What if we said, okay, every, you know, first of Saturday of the month is the day that we just get rid of a few things in the garage or we organize and we tidy up and it wasn't this big old project. It just took us a little bit of time. That's what systems do. They simplify. So for me, some of the daily systems, and I think this will, this will be pretty universal for daily systems. Daily, we're going to need to do the dishes. Daily, we're going to need to tidy. We're going to need to feed our families. And um, we're going to need to clean up the kitchen. Now, kitchen might be more than once a day. And I remember this wasn't actually that long ago. So I remember hearing a woman say, oh, I am just constantly wiping down the kitchen counters, just like probably all of you are. And that was a light bulb for moment for me. I was like, wait, what? You are? Because I just thought I needed to clean the kitchen, you know, pretty much once a day. And then beyond that, I thought it was my kids being messy. But here's the truth. Those kitchen counters are probably not a daily system. They're probably more of a three times a day system if you're having three meals a day. And so that means each time after you you make a meal or your kids make a meal that you just quickly wipe down the counters. It doesn't take a lot of time. 
But what that system does, doing that system in the right time frame, keeps it from being a big ordeal at the end of the day. And that's for me when my kids were young and I that was what was happening. I wasn't cleaning up and wiping everything down and starting the dishes after each meal. It was like end of the day, clean up the kitchen. And it was a lot more overwhelming because that routine wasn't happening quite as much as it needed to. So really paying attention to that. Now, laundry can be a daily um, system or it can be a weekly system. Probably it's somewhere in between. It's probably every day or every other day because if you leave it to be a weekly system, it's probably going to be just what I explained with the kitchen, right? To where you have this big thing and it feels a lot bigger and it feels a little more chaotic. So Finding that sweet spot of what kind of a routine is this? How often does this need to happen? In our house, our weekly are cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the floors, you know, just more of the cleaning rather than the tidying or the the constant kitchen things that go on. And the family helps out with this. We divide the house into zones. Everyone has an area that they have to clean up and the house gets clean in that way. Um, The thing that I want to emphasize here with housework and really with your stuff, it all comes down to small daily decisions, to what systems and habits you have around what you let into your house, what you keep into your house, and then what you do. So creating calm in your house has a lot to do with what you do in the day and those little tiny actions instead of letting things build up. So there's been a lot of food for thought in this episode. I'm going to leave you with that. Ponder the the things that we've talked about and see what area is calling to you in your home to just do a little something or to create a routine to do a little something more often. All right, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. Need some help making your mom life simple? I offer group coaching programs using my four-step method called the Mom's Method. This is a process of manifestation, organization, mobilization, and simplification that will give you the balance, progress, and joy you're looking for. Visit ChanelNielsen.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. I love to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your feedback, and let me know how I can help make your mom life simple.